everybody, welcome to the Big Self Podcast. It is so great to be working from home with you is right it? now. It's <laughs> great. Yes. <laughs> well, I've you know I've you know I've, I've sometimes well yes yes it is you know <laughs> I'm not going to grumble. I'm going to be grateful for all of the things that we get. But you know I do remember Shelly uh, that you know once upon a time. It was like this dream when you're in the office and, you know, and we're just like thinking of the opportunity to work from home and, oh, we just get so much more done. If we can just, you know, if I can just not, you know, be tempted to play the guitar or something. Um, And, you know, you can be really efficient. And, uh, but now, now that it's enforced upon us, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes those the, the, you know, that empty time at the office and those needless meetings and interpersonal drama sounds like, you know, maybe not so bad. Yeah, I don't know. This uh. is still pretty, this is, I, as I've told you, this is kind of all I've ever wanted. <laughs> like, I remember and my my best girlfriends that I go to the beach with every year will remember me saying this, like, probably seven years ago. I was like, you know, we would talk about kind of our dreams and ambitions for our careers and our kids and families and, you know, all those good things. And I remember saying, well, I just really would love to figure out how I could work at home, like have a business doing like teaching and coaching and talking about personal growth and psychology. And like, I want to be able to keep my kids at home and I don't want to homeschool them if I could. <laughs> I kind of remember this. Yeah. And you would, you hated that part. Um, you're yeah. like homeschooling Ixnay on the home, um, school home a right. Whatever. And, unless maybe we're is. like rolling down the highway in a big right. RV or something. Yeah. Which we still could do. Hello. Uh, don't think I'd, I'm not Googling that right uh, now. I don't know. But yeah, so this is like, Seven years in the making with a little help from COVID-19. I am living oh. my dream. So yeah, but, I, I'm not going to complain. Well, okay. To, well, so, you know, careful what you wish for, as they say. But, you know, I would say, too, like, not. it's not just... Um, it's not just what we're going through. I think a lot of people seriously are functioning in crisis uh, through their work. It's not just like really working at home. And also we're like managing, many of us have kids and they're going to school online or half in person, half online. So there's a lot of, um, you know, challenges. And, and, you know, a lot of people can say, oh, well, set good boundaries. Well, like we did in our newsletter, you know, and, you know, have these like, you know, those are are good things to say. They're good principles. They are good principles. But what we're going to do is offer something a little bit unique here because of your expertise. We are going to discuss how the nine different types of Enneagram, the Enneagram types, Yep. Should be functioning most effectively at, at home. Well, right? yeah, yeah. Each type. And if you don't know your type, go to EnneagramInstitute.com. Uh, I would not recommend a free test. Spend the 12 bucks. Get an actual test. If you still don't know what your type is, email me, Shelly, at BigSelfSchool.com, and I will help you. There's a lot of ways to just identify yourself through descriptions of the self as well. And that's typically what I encourage people to do. The test is a good place to start, but do not stop there. Uh, There's lots of podcasts and books and teachers now that are emerging who are talking about the Enneagram and really... Uh, pretty powerful ways. Yeah. So that's a process of learning your type. It's 
endlessly fascinating. Um, and there it's very, it's enriching and rewarding to consider the different types and it's, and you, we can apply them in all these different ways, like working from home. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk today about work from home success based on your Enneagram type. So we're going to roll through the nine types. Um, this is a bit of a crash course. So because this is not going to be a super long podcast, but I want to touch on each type. I'll keep you on task. Okay, on time. do please. Okay, and so talk about shortfalls and um, strengths of each type and how um, how those going to affect you remo- working remotely. So let's begin with number one, I guess. Yes. So okay. type one is our, um, there's different names. This is the reformer, the improver, which I really like that name, uh, the perfectionist. So type ones are motivated to, per- to perfect. And so they are motivated to make things um, as best and perfect as they possibly can. Sounds like a lot to live up to. It is. Think about uh, type one and, you know, living in their head and like kind of the constant critiquing that has to happen to make sure that you're perfect. But the the shortfall of our type ones is they, they're going to get stuck when things aren't as they should be. So they have this ideal of how things should be, whether it's their work environment their schedules. So they're really going to construct this kind of image of what the ideal is. And when that doesn't happen, oftentimes they get stuck and can't figure out how to kind of plow through that, especially when they're working remotely. Oftentimes other people can help them kind of pull through that a little bit. Sounds like a tough place to be because, I mean, I'm just thinking about like our kitchen. You know, what, I mean, just like, it's, it's, it'd be really hard to maintain that. Yeah. You know, a, a without, type one does not live in this house <laughs> and would throw up if they had to walk into our kitchen. Oh boy. They would not like that. So type ones can often be inflexible and they can be pretty critical, not only of themselves, but with other people. And so they, you know, there's some challenges with that when you're working remotely. Um, The strengths of our type ones is that they actually do okay being unsupervised because they they have this ideal. They are pushing toward kind of a a better environment for themselves. They do want their work to be really, really good. And sometimes when you take those distractions off the table for type ones, they actually do perform even better because they've got such a high standard for themselves. Yeah. They know what they need to, to perform really well. And you know, that once things kind of shift into a new working schedule or new working mode, they're really good with that change. As long as there are some uh, policies in place, they've got kind of a new normal, they adapt pretty quickly as, as long as there's some structure around that and they know what the expectations are. So those oh, would be the things, yes. um, I think for, you know, my, my suggestion for our type ones is, uh, let yourself be a little bit in process, a little bit imperfect, um, a little bit messy, and just see how that works. I remember as a professor, um, I think the type ones that I would have now in, in retrospect, they wanted to be told what to do. Like they didn't like like me offering options or different possibilities. They liked to know exactly what what I they you know I expected of them, and then they were going to go do it. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. there was a little bit of that inflexibility. And not only reg- do it, but the type ones will not only do it, but they will do it to the 
the nth yeah. degree as best as anybody else can. Yeah. So they, they're really driven um, to, to make it just amazing and beautiful and perfect. Well, let's get to number two. Okay, so this is my type. Um, we are the helpers, um, which is an interesting Bless your idea. Um, I actually take a little bit of objection to the the, the idea that we're helpers because I don't think of myself as a helper. You don't? Not really. Mm -mm. I, you know, we're strategic helpers. And so we use helping and caring for people as a mechanism by which people will like us. And so for me, the real motivation of the two is to be liked. Okay. Uh, and ultimately I think to be loved, you know, if we were to take it a little bit deeper. You so, are getting a little bit deep here on sorry, the helper. That's, no, that's okay. my little soapbox about the twos. And I can say that cause I am a two. Yeah. So that's fair enough. Fair enough. So, so our are, shortfalls yeah. are, we are really pretty bad about boundaries generally speaking. Um, okay. I think we are among the worst of boundary setters of the entire Enneagram types um, we, because we are so other referencing and we're so yes. focused on other people and, make, and making sure they like us that we, uh, nine times out of 10, will put other people's needs before our own. So Sometimes even around the house, like, you know, like I, th I can tell that you probably need I can tell when your needs are that like your boundaries are too porous and you need more of a boundary. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I almost want you to close your office door yeah, rather than like get frustrated or irritated. And I think what I do is I suppress those needs oh. that of needing space or needing boundary, put a boundary up I, because I've convinced myself that that's not okay. Like I should be available for everybody. I should say yes to everybody. Uh, anybody that calls, anybody that needs anything, one of our kids needs something, like I should respond. You can I see should be there. And then I get really pissed off. <laughs> so then I get resentful of the fact that everybody keeps encroaching on my knee, on my boundaries, but I haven't set them. I think we've seen that type in the workplace. We've all seen the helper. Yeah. And and get frustrated. Yeah. The thing is, though, about us is that we're really good on... Strengths? Uh, checking in with other people. Yes. So I think if you're on a team and remote workers, your twos are going to be really good about um, making sure that everybody's performing okay, the well-being. So the, the twos, they really are wanting to help, right? And I, that's a yeah, great yeah. thing. Yeah, so they're, they're really care. We are really caring. You know, we want to make sure everybody's okay. Uh, people are healthy and people are happy. And I think that's a real gift that twos bring. Um, they just need to, you know, be reminded of doing, giving that to themselves a little bit also. So, so the pitfall, I think for a lot of twos is we get swept up in that caring and helping role, uh, especially with our families when we're working at at home, like I'm, you know, yes. I'm sitting here thinking about, I need to go take that laundry, put it in the dryer. Uh, thank you for cleaning the kitchen. Cause that was on my list today too. Yeah. Um, you know, this there's, there's just so much that is constantly running through the two's mind about how do I care for other people? And so, um, you know, for me, I have to make lists. We've got a whole big, um, post-it note board here that I write stuff down and then I can um, pay attention to it when I need to. And I know that it's up there. Those notes are up there for me when I need to work. Like I don't need to think about what else is need, do I need to be doing for you or the kids or 
really anybody else at that time. So, but I have to write that stuff down or I'll, it'll drive me crazy. Well, it sounds like a couple of the very, the, the, of the three things we put in our newsletters, set a schedule and stick to it and set clear boundaries with coworkers and co-inhabitants. Sounds like it really applies to you too. Yeah, it does. It All does. right. Yep. Fun. All right. Let's talk about threes. So threes are the achiever types and they are driven to succeed. And so that is a primary motivation. Uh, and even more, I'd say that threes are driven to be valued. So they mm. use success and work and productivity as a way to find um, of being valued by well, other people. Well, what shortfalls could a three possibly have when it comes to being in the workplace? They're such achievers. Yeah, well, working from home uh, oh. is, is I think, where some of those challenges are going to be. Um, it, it, the overall challenge for threes, though, is that they tend to suppress uh, emotions. They suppress things that they need to kind of, like their own needs, physically, emotionally, mentally, and you know, otherwise, at the because they feel like it gets in the way of being productive and efficient got no time to slow down to feel my feelings. So I'm just going to stuff them and we're going to keep going. Oh, maybe so, like prone to burnout. Yes. So threes are extremely prone to burnout um, because they're just, they're suppressing really their emotions more than even their needs. I think twos probably suppress their needs uh, among the most of all types. But the thing is, so, so at home, what I'm, wondering and seeing a little bit with type threes is that they tend to work on non-priorities just so they feel efficient and productive. So we're in the workplace, I think, and, and the th we need to understand the threes are also in that heart triad. So they're other referencing, they're looking to get value from other people. And those are the twos, threes, and fours. Correct. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, threes do that. They get that value from other people by appearing and, and actually getting a lot done, being very successful in the workplace. And so in the absence of all those people, that's a, str a struggle. And so what they'll do is just become mm. like overly productive and things that don't really matter. So it makes them like, like busy. So it makes them feel like they're doing a uh. lot because they're not getting that feedback from other people like as much. Like hyper responding to emails or something. Yes, yeah, and yeah. I, I have a lot of three in me, and I find myself going into this funk a little bit when I don't have feedback from other people professionally. Hmm. And like the other day I had a coaching call with someone and I you know, got a lot of accolades from that in terms of uh, I felt like it was helpful. I felt like we oh. ended the call and he had some new direction and that, that fed that three part of me that needed that reinforcement and that like, okay, here's a purpose in this. And there's, I was valuable to somebody today. So that's a little bit of the three. So I think, I think the big thing for the threes is, you know, going back to structuring that schedule a little bit, but I think threes probably do need to um, work a little bit more proactively about seeking validation and feedback from people because if if they're left into their own heads and their own devices, literally devices, then I think that they will um, become stuck in this hamster wheel of 
of work that doesn't necessarily move move things forward. Well, I'm a four, and I guess, so I guess one of my wings uh, sometimes could be a three. And what I recognize is one of the shortfalls um, of the three is the disconnecting from people because they get in the way of, of me making progress. Yes. I've always been like that, whether in work environments, at home, or at work. Um, I'm like, you know, Hey, I love, love hanging out and, ch and chit chatting here, but like, I, I'm, I need to close my door and get yeah, some work yeah, done. Yeah. 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 And the last thing I want to say about the three type threes that they, t they, this whole overworking idea. So they're really going to go into hyper productivity when they're also working in the same place they're living. And so kind of time boxing, you know, you mentioned shutting your door, like those really pragmatic kind of rituals built into Ooh, your day are going to be super important for type three. Otherwise they'll just keep working. Like I like that all day. I like that. Well, we're 33% through the types. Yeah. We're being very efficient. <laughs> the trains are rolling. All right, let's finish the heart triads here with type number four. This is your type. So this is the romantic or the individualist. Uh, these are also in the heart heart triad. So they're feelers. Um, they turn their feelings internally a little bit instead of projecting them or yes. being so other referencing. Guilty. Um, they turn them inward and really want to understand their their own emotional landscape. And so these folks are very creative and they're emotional and they have, you know, high EQ and they're, um, they're creators, you know, they use these emotional outlets to create beautiful things for all of us, uh, such as poetry, which is what you create. Right. Used to. Well, yeah, yeah. Used to. <laughs> so here's <laughs> the thing about, yeah. The, okay. So you, you guys, your type, you can become overcome by your emotions overcome no. by beautifying creativity, making things like super uber special and unique oh, yeah. at the cost of being productive. So you can kind of get lost in the daisy field, making things gorgeous and really taking um, too long to select that right, just right photo for your article or something. Yes. Yeah. That just right font. That's going to completely <laughs> font. Pull this proposal together. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. a little tongue in cheek, but I, you know, I think that that's, um, you know, that you can the force can get lost in their own kind of navel gazing a little bit, <laughs> if you will. You don't believe that? Um, no, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. At a, at a less healthy level, perhaps. <laughs> at a more healthy level, you know, you look like Chad. Uh, no. So I, yeah, Ouch. I think that you, you guys have to just, you know, put, well, what's, a, what's good about being a four? Come on. What are some strengths? <laughs> oh, there's a ton about being a four. I mean, that are strengths. They, they like to express themselves. Well, what's wrong with that though? Well, that's a beautiful thing. Okay. You all are innovative. You have ingenuity. You're thinking about yeah. things creatively and differently. And like, what about this? Why aren't we doing this? And so you're you're looking for solutions where some other types on the Enneagram, which we'll get to in a minute, look for problems. So their oh. job is to kind of figure out what's not working. I wonder if that's the a type five or eight that look for problems. We'll get there. Okay. So the fours are really good about looking for creative solutions, if that Yes, Does I that like that. 
Let's hear it for the fours. Yeah. And so what, how has it been for you working remotely as a four? Uh, well, okay. Put me on the spot. You know, I, I don't know if this is the four in me, but I just, I find that you are able to get so much more done. You're not spending your time dealing with commuting, dealing with unnecessary meetings. Um, I do love it from an efficiency standpoint. When it's time to work, it's time to work. And I do feel like, you know, when focused, I can be really productive. Sometimes it maybe does take a little bit. This, I have felt this as well. It's like, I remember like the first few days of like, you know, when I, we just started working together with big self school, I was like hopping up at six 30 in the morning and I was grabbing my coffee and I was hitting the, hitting it at seven. And then, and then it started to be, well, I'm going to rise at seven, you know, and then, yeah. and then, and it's slowly what, you know, it's like, well, I mean, what difference does it make if it's eight, you know? Yeah. And so I think that was a little bit of the pandemic blues setting in a little mm-hmm. bit at times though. Um, yeah, I think it's really, just as you're talking about that, like makes me think of what we're building together. So I'm a two with a three wing, you're a four with a three wing. So we meet in our three. And I think, you know, I'm bringing this kind of, um, how do we help people perspective? And you're bringing this real kind of like intuitive, creative um, ability to see how to apply this helping in a creative and new way we meet in our three, which is, you know, productive, like let's do something with it. I think if we didn't have our three wing, you and I both wouldn't be as, um, as effective as we are. So, yeah. Well, sometimes I do feel like I'm actually in my five wing, not to throw that, that beautiful theory <laughs> underneath the bus, but out the window, like, like there's it go. There the, I guess it's a good segue to the five too. Yeah. Why don't we go, go there? Yeah. Let's look at the five, the fives um, they're in there that they begin the triad of the, um, the, in the head. Yeah. The head so times. they're the head tri- triad, um, the thinking, uh, center of intelligence. So these are cerebral thinking types. Um, the five is probably for me is the, the biggest, uh, enigma. Like they're, they're so far from my experience of, Mm. and how I see the world that it's really, it's, you know, it's challenging for me to really understand kind of where, how they see things. I think our son is a five. I feel like fives can be tough to identify right yeah. away. Like sometimes they're like, oh, you're a seven. You right. Know, or- right. Yeah. So the fives, um, the, the pitfalls here. So they're extremely boundaried. So they're probably the most, um, you know, what is a natural kind of boundary for them. It was almost like instinctive. You know, I don't think a boundary is something that the fives had to learn. It was just so much a part of their personality. So they feel like they're very withdrawn, aloof. Um, they, they feel they, they feel that way or we feel that way to we them? We feel that way yeah, about them. They don't feel yeah. that way. They don't feel withdrawn. No, and I or, think it's, you know, there's a buffering that happens when they, they withdraw that is they're preserving energy. You know, I think it's as basic as that for a lot of fives where like for a two, you know, when our son goes and like goes up to his room and shuts his door, I'm like, what's wrong with him? Like, I need to go check on him. And you're like, he's fine. (laughs) Like let him, you know, and it it is, I think a preserving energy for him. Yeah. He's totally fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So they are observers. And so they're insatiably curious. They're insatiable learners. They're always, um, whereas 
fours might kind of get lost in their own introspection of their own emotions. Okay. Fives get lost in information gathering and accumulating a whole bunch of learning. So they, uh, it's a very, it's a protective thing for them. If I can know enough, then I'm not ever going to be incompetent. No one's ever going to see me as incompetent. I would say that they must do really well working alone. Yes. And so that's one of the, the strengths of the five. Um, They are very comfortable kind of doing their own thing, working at their own pace. Um, They're, you know, yeah, I think they're, they are lone wolves in many ways. I don't think they like being called that because Mm -hmm. it's, um, it, it has a connotation of being just very withdrawn and separate when I think they, when they fives are able to connect to their hearts, they really are able to connect more deeply with other people. Um, so that would be a strength as well is that when they finally kind of figure out what their needs are, how do I connect with them? Then they really, um, can emerge as leaders and, um, just pretty amazing people. And because, and because they're thinkers in their head, they're, they're able to be objective with information, right? And and the way they communicate, which is something I value so much in fives because I get very subjective and very like emotional and they just see things clearly. Like it's just, it is what it is. Uh, they can be very binary thinkers, which is, there's a comfort in that. Like they're, they're looking at facts and non-facts. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, you know, there's a pragmatism about, about them and how they work, which can be really refreshing. Interesting. All right. All right. Let's look at sixes. So type six is, uh, this, the loyal skeptic is kind of, you know, how people talk about the six. They are, uh, motivated to security. So I didn't say type fives are motivated to know. Okay. or to acquire information. Um, type sixes want to feel secure. So they're driven to be to feel safe. Um, they do this by either supporting or resisting authority. So that is one of the mechanisms that they use to feel safe. So I'm either with you, whatever authority figure, or I'm going to push back on you, authority figure. Uh, so depending on what type of six you are, you do one of those. And they ask lots and lots and lots of questions because it it gets to, I always think of it like getting to the bottom of a well. The more questions that they ask, the safer they feel because they're finally like getting to the core um, of whatever the problem is. And so it, it helps them to contingency plan. So the more questions they ask, the more kind of, um, what's the word? Like, uh, almost like mentally thinking through different scenarios that gives them a sense of security. So the shortfalls. So remember earlier I said how fours look for solutions. They're creating solutions. Our sixes are the ones that are looking for the problems. Oh, so because they're skeptical because they want to understand them, right? Like not to be an a-hole, but to simply like, well, let's really get to the bottom of this. Well, and, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions and we're going to figure this out. And, but that you have to wade through a bunch of problems in order to really uh, figure out the core of whatever the issue is. So to to a certain extent, that sounds like a strength then that they're asking critical questions. I think it's a strength. I think it can annoy some people. 
Well, what are their if, if they're always strengths? asking for you know for the problems? So the strengths, um, so like twos, they're real. They are really concerned about the well-being of other people. So you know, sixes are are typically pretty quote tribal. And so they're very, um, that's why you call them, we call them the loyal skeptics, because if you're in their group, they will go down for you. They will take a bullet for you. They are extremely loyal. Um, and so if you're in their pack, if you're in, in their tribe, then they're going to always be concerned and, and look out for you no matter what. So you you're in their group. Um, th- like I said, they're, you know, because they tend to catastrophize and look for problems, um, they're already like three steps ahead of most people thinking about what could happen. And so I, I think there's a lot of value in that and having those people and having those people in your life and having those people on your teams as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else about the six? They're, um, well, I think if they're, if they're operating out of a position of strength and health, and they're anticipating these problems, they're also probably motivated by following through with solving the problems that they've found. Yeah, yeah, like a dog and a bone. <laughs> they do not give so that's, up. That's good. Yeah, and I think yeah. the thing is too, um, it's funny, I've coached a lot of sixes through the years, and a lot of them are, are engineers. I think oh. it's really interesting, and I think a lot of them probably have that five wing um, but when they find their courage and they find their inner teacher, they find this like true part of them that knows that they have the capacity to solve problems and do it well, then they, that's their path for growth. And so I think that as we, th- as we're talking about working remotely, this gives them an opportunity to really like find their own inner strength and use it with other people versus overly relying on other people to feel good about themselves. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. And I think you've taken, I mean, you're articulating some, some types that are, that are less clear to a lot of people than others, especially these head types. Yes. You know? Yeah. When, so you just did the five and the six and we've got one more head type. Yes. So the sevens are uh, our last of our head types and they are the enthusiast, you know, it's kind of what we talk about the sevens as, and they are motivated to enjoy. So they're, I feel like I've known a lot of them throughout the mm -hmm, years. Yeah. They're driven to be happy. Um, some people say they're driven to avoid pain. Oh yes, I've, I've um, they seen do that, that in lots of different ways. They they uh, in order to avoid struggle or even boredom, they'll often um, you know plan trips. They look for the next shiny object. They're they're looking for the next thing that's going to be fun and enjoyable. And that's why they're fun. And they, they're the life of the party. Yeah, they Absolutely. create fun. They're exciting. They have energy. You know, they they it, it can kind of motivate you to like get out of your. You're thinking, you know what, road trip. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's go. So the sevens, um, in their desire to enjoy life. They can sometimes dismiss the concerns and fears of themselves and other people. And so if you think about like what COVID-19 has created, here we all are in this pandemic working from home, they might um, kind of silver lining that a little bit and then be dismissive to to what actually is pretty scary and pretty uncertain. Yeah, like ignoring the severity 
right of the situation yes okay. yeah so and they you know the tendency for sevens possibly is to escape from routine work so things that are just like whether you're at work or you're at home they just have to get done so so they're going to be more easily distracted possibly at home maybe not for everybody but there's certainly things that could be a lot more fun to do than the boring work routine so that's you know kind of a, a little bit of a pitfall for sevens while they're working at home now we've noted that their strengths is that they can be fun exciting energetic uh they can uh, motivate others what, what is there i mean that's a lot is yeah it, what else what I, else well, i think the thing is about that i love about sevens besides they're the life of the party and they're they know how to make things fun it's just intuitive to their nature but they're also really hopeful and so i think about like when you're feeling um down or upset or depressed like that's probably a really good friend to call is somebody who you know doesn't necessarily silver lining it or dismiss it but can help you find some hope again so i think that's a real gift of the sevens the ability to see opportunities when like the six is seeing all the problems yeah problems. i mean I, yeah yeah i think it's simplistic of course and it depends on how healthy or unhealthy you are right, but people right. yeah there's a tendency where sixes lean toward pessimism sevens lean toward optimism yeah all right all right type eight so this is getting into um i don't think we talked about type one being our body type but uh That's true. eight nine and one are the body types and so are gut types and so these folks really experience life in their bodies like a real deep kind of intuition a, sen a gut sense about things um literally are active in their bodies and so depending on the type they're experience, you know, moving they're called, they're their bodies, the challenger. Yeah. Eights are the challengers, um, or the protector. I actually ah. like protector better. Um, because in their challenging of other people, they're typically protecting, um, people that are in their care. And so these are really strong personalities, intense personalities that are driven to, uh, influence. And so that's their motivation is to influence people. They speak up a lot, um, they are totally fine being autonomous because these are typically leaders. And so they're very comfortable kind of getting out in front and, um, you know, saying things that may be hard for other people to say, very comfortable for eights to do that. They are very, um, driven to avoid looking weak. And so that also comes with, that's a little bit of a mixed bag, for eight types. Um, the thing is with, let's talk about their remote working pitfalls a little bit, potential, yeah. potential pitfalls. They, because they're so intense, because they're leaders and they, they speak out and they want to avoid looking weak, they can come across sometimes as aggressive or intimidating. Um, so yeah, this is something kind of overbearing, like get, get out of my shoes. Yeah. And I think like if you're rework, if you're working remotely and you have an eight on your team, um, they can become suspicious of other people's motivations of, of working solo at home. And then in that suspicion, they can, they can be a little bit too much, a little overbearing. They can throw off emails that to them, it's just, they're just speaking up and they're saying what needs to be said, 
but to other people, sometimes it can be a little intimidating and hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. You are completely characterizing uh, a recent coworker that I, I, I worked <laughs> with, but I'm just not going to. Ooh, now I'm going to guess which one. No, um, and the strengths. Yeah. So. Of the eight protector. Um, they are super clear and direct. Like, I love that about eight. So it's probably my most favorite thing. You do not have to guess where you stand with an eight because they're really, they're like, this is what I think. They'll tell you what they why. need. Yeah. And so I think that um, if, if they're able to find a way to articulate that in a, in a way that can be received, then that's probably one of the best gifts of, a, of an eight uh, is that they're just really clear. Um, and they're really good about boundaries. So I think the thing is with eights, they are, they're not only clear on what they expect from you, but they're clear on what they need for themselves. I would say if there's any boundary issue with the eights, it's that they're invading your boundaries sort of, they're, right? they'll, they'll overreach. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And, um, yeah. So you don't, you don't have to guess where the eights stand and you don't have to guess what they need because they know and they'll tell you. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. All but right. they're, they're good at putting things in order and getting things done. Absolutely. You know, yeah. They, these are, these, they're motivated to avoid that, uh, avoid their weakness right. or avoid no being weak. Sniff of vulnerability oh, right. or yeah. that I don't know what I'm doing. Um, yeah. So they're very competent. They're very, um, I just, I think these are, you know, typically kind of like our CEO types of people. They're leading large, yeah, good point. You know, missions, movements, that. companies. They uh, want to influence. Right. And they, they're very strong. Yeah. And I think when they, they do their own personal growth work, they they learn to kind of curb, like to round off those really sharp edges so that they can become more effective for the people that they're leading. Yes. All right. Last type. You ready? Last one. Number nine. Number nine. These are our mediators, our peacemakers. They are motivated to be at peace. We need them. To be in harmony with themselves. Um, they're driven to maintain not only inner peace, but also peace among people. Um, they're really good at empathizing. They take on lots of multiple perspectives and they are your go with the flow people. What's interesting to me about the nine is that they are so very different from what I think of as an eight. And yet they, they're, they share that wing. Yeah. And in, I've heard it said before that a nine with an eight wing is the hardest combo on the entire Enneagram. Heart, heart, rarest or what do you mean? Hardest, hardest to Hard. live when you are a core type of a nine. So you have a core peacemaker type but you have, you lean into that eight wing, which is that challenger protector type that it's a, it's a, you know, it's your life's work is reconciling those two like very strong drives. Oh, wow. Here. So it's, yeah. So, you know, and I'm not either of those types, but I can imagine how, how hard that would be. So the shortfalls, um, of our nines, our peacemakers is that sometimes they fail to speak up. So they're, um, in their desire to maintain harmony, they sometimes avoid conflict. So they won't speak up when they need to. Um, they're trying to please everybody all the time, whether it's work, family, you know, they're, they're just, they want to make sure everybody and everything is okay. Uh, the majority of the time, you know, not, certainly not all the time. 
I, th- I don't know if I've, it was dealing with nines, but I, I really find it irritating the people who are like, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, we're going to do it. Yeah, and you want then And then they don't do it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that... Is that a nine It, it could be, thing? yeah. I mean, yes, it could be. I, yeah, I think that the thing is about nines, um, people think that they don't really they're not very active or they don't do a lot, you know, cause the, the, the vice, if you will, of a nine is sloth or laziness. And so there's this kind of, there's this misnomer that they are lazy and it's not true at all. Nines actually are doing a lot where they struggle is in prioritizing the right action. Like what's the right thing I need to be doing. And so they might kind of absorb somebody else's opinion and then because it's not their opinion, they haven't spoken up about what they really think about this, then they'll passively aggressively either not do it or they'll do so many other things as a way to avoid whatever it is they just agreed on Yeah, because they don't want to do it or they don't feel like it needs to be done. But they, you know, and again, like the, the path, the personal growth of a nine leads to this like really strong person who can take like really listen and empathize with other people's perspectives and opinions, but they've done the self work to know where they stand with certain things and can develop like a voice and speaking up and talking to people. Because it's a great strength to be flexible and agreeable. We all want that in the workplace, right? We want, we want, you've got to be adaptive. You want, we want, you know, you got to be resilient. We, we want to get along with each other. And yeah, those are great as, strengths of the nine. As long as that leads to productive work, right? So if, if you agree to something and you really don't oh, want right. to do it, or you think it's a bad idea, and then you either passive aggressively do it, or you just drop the ball, then that's not a good result. No, of course. Yeah. So I think that, you know, a nine, a balanced nine um, has some of that one in them, the, the improver mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and the protector, interestingly enough, but they somehow manage yeah. to, to be, to be able to bring a sense of peace. Yeah. I was just thinking to that. chaos, like where the sevens I think can make us see hope. The, the nines help us feel that everything's going to be okay. Like a sense of peace. You know, sometimes you just like, if you have nines in your life, you just want to go like stand next to them and like osmosis, get their energy because they're just so like, they're just at peace. They're peaceful people in the world. And so that's Bob um, Marley. I just thought of Bob Marley. Is he a nine? Yeah, Cause you just said every little thing's going to be all right. And I was like, and he, but he wasn't just a peaceful dude. I, I think he, he was, was a challenger. High. I don't think that was nine. <laughs> no, he was a challenger and he was a, and he was a reformer, right? He was, I mean, he, I think was a nine. Possibly. I will, that, I will read up wow. on Mr. Mar- Marley. Right there. That was our takeaway. So I would love, we would love to hear from you all. Um, I think, you know, tweet at us, send us a message <laughs> on Instagram. Like, I would love to know what your type is and what, what your challenges are with remote work right now. And maybe where you're seeing some success too. So, um, yeah. follow, you know, get us at Big Self School you know, wherever you guys do your social media, we're probably there and let us know kind of what, um, how it's working for you. 
Yeah, check us out at BigSelfSchool.com. You know, we are trying to help you live the life that you deserve to live that makes you come more alive. So that's part of the uh, the application here of the Enneagram types and you balancing your work-life balance. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Self Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, join the community on Facebook at the Big Self Society. You can find us at big underscore self on Twitter. And we are also at the Big Self Society on Medium, where we feature and curate content on topics ranging from psychology to creativity and productivity. We'd love to hear from you. What show made an impact on your thinking, your habits, your decision making, or anything else? And anyone you'd like us to reach out to and have on the show, let us know.